Welcome! It's another episode of SYP today on a Saturday! I hope you, with e- all you people with earbuds, just got ear damage with that. Uh, it's Saturday, February 22nd. Speak of Peace today is currently sitting in the border lineup waiting to go back down to the States. I have my computer open in front of me and I got my mic on. I think this is definitely illegal, but... I, I have a long lineup for the border, so, like, what else am I supposed to do? It's kind of like when you go to the ferries, and it's kind of like, well, the Wi-Fi is not working. I've already had my meal. What am I supposed to do? Talk to somebody? Fuck that. I hope there's island kids who are listening to me, listening to me and knowing what I'm going through and why I said what I just said. Uh, we are in Blaine, Washington, trying to go through the Peace Arch border uh, for tonight's dub game between the Everett Silvertips and the Vancouver Giants. It's a battle between two of the top teams. Well, I guess Vancouver, not so much. But two of the best in the West for the WHL. Vancouver has won 11 straight games. Everett has won four straight games. This is the final game of a five-game homestand for the Tips. I really, really am excited for this game. I don't know how else to put it. Bowen Byram is starting to play you know, like he wants to be there. Uh, Justin Sordoff, he's going to be the key guy tonight in tonight's game. Justin Sordoff, he played for Canada at the World Juniors this year, draft eligible this year. He had three goals last night. He had a hattie, including a game-tying and game-winning goal to beat Calgary 6-5 yesterday. So, incredible player, Justin Sordoff. He will be a first-round pick. Oh, shit. Here we go. Now we're driving. Give me a second here. Oh, fucking hell. There we go. All right, now we're going. Um, yeah, I don't. I'm kind of multitasking here. Definitely, I think this is illegal, but I don't think anybody's gonna stop me at this point. I think people are just gonna look over and just be like, "Hey, that's Big E of Speak Your Peace." Then they'll know who I am, and you know, they'll figure out how you know to listen to the pod, which you can listen to it right now on Spotify, where you're just getting a whole bunch of different platforms sorted out, like iTunes, Stitcher. Uh, we, we're on Anchor. I don't know how many people actually listen to Anchor. So, going back to the NHL, uh, going back to the dub, sorry, going back to hockey, uh, Justin Sordov, he's going to be a key player in tonight's game. Bowen Byram, key player for the Giants. Goaltending, I don't know who's going to be in net tonight for Vancouver. I'm assuming it'll be David Tendek. Vancouver has a low-key, pretty good starting goalie duo with David Tendek and Trent Minor. Both are NHL prospects. Tendek is a Coyotes prospect. Miner is a Colorado prospect. These guys will make it tough for Everett, who are used to scoring. They love shots on net. They love, you know, playing a high-powered, fast offense. We'll see how Vancouver reacts to all of it. Uh, Everett is three and zero against the Giants this year. But this is probably the biggest game of the Gi- for the Giants so far this year. I would say this has the most meaning in terms of trying to beat one of the best teams in the West in their building. Uh, Vancouver has a long winning streak going. And I don't know for sure, but I take it that Byram is starting to get excited and or at least it's just accepting of the fact that he's not going to get moved. He's a giant. He has nowhere else to go. He's not going to be playing for anybody else. So we might as well just do good and be Bo and Byram. Um, Everett is coming off a 4-2 victory over the Prince George Cougars yesterday. 
with goals from Dawson Butt, Michael Goot, uh, Casper Pudio got the empty netter, and Ethan Rainier, um, Renier, pardon me, not Rainier, Renier, got goals for Everett against Prince George yesterday. It's it's kind of been scoring by committee per se, with Everett. Like Dawson Butt has got five points in his last three games since he was returning from a suspension. Um, Ty Cole, a trade deadline acquisition for Everett, has been sensational. Cole Fonstadt has been really good. Ethan Renier hasn't scored a whole lot, but he can contribute every once in a while. Gage Gonzalez, he is a, a absolute dynamite uh, forward for Everett. Uh, when I do my mock draft, I'm going to just talk briefly about all of Everett's picks this year because I think they're all superb picks that Everett has in this upcoming draft. But Gonzalez from Mission BC has a, is a 18-year-old who is playing first-line center minutes. He is going against everyone's best of the best. And I just love this kid because of the energy he brings. I, I, I know not everybody has the same access like I do, but being around the team and being around the boys pre-game, post-game, anytime in between, like Gage is sort of the driving figure in that team. He seems like a guy who's going to be playing you know, a five-year career with Everett. I doubt they trade him. He'll probably take over captain, I think, of Bryce Kindop. But it, it's it's amazing to see Gage perform as well as he has. Uh, fellow Silvertip draft pick uh, coming up this year, Casper Pudio. He is looking really solid as a stay-at-home guy who can also be an offensive defenseman. Everett has a lot of offensive defense. Like, I'd say every one of Everett's D guys, yeah, I'd say every one of them, every one of Everett's D guys has the potential to play in an offensive de- defense, in an offensive defenseman type role. Jake Christensen is a great puck mover. He has really stepped up since coming back from the AHL. Wyatt Wiley, he's a Philadelphia Flyers draft pick. He is definitely an offensive defenseman type guy. Uh, Pudio can do a bit of both. He got the empty netter last night, but that was just because he shot it from his own end. Um, Ronan Seeley, he is probably the best skating defenseman on the team, I would say. Absolutely wonderful skater. Seeley can do a bit of both. He, he's, I'd say he's more of a stay-at-home guy than an offensive defenseman, but he can be an offensive defenseman who leads the rush. Uh, Aiden Sutter, who gets a little bit of playing time, he's kind of a healthy scratch every once in a while. Sometimes he's had to play offense too a little bit as a center or wing. Um, yeah, he, I, I just I like what Everett has in terms of defensemen who can play as an offensive defenseman and lead the rush and Eric Carlson type, or stay at home and you know help out whoever is in net on any given night. Which last night was Braden Holt, who made 27 saves on 29 shots. Dustin Wolf will get the start tonight. Wolfie has been outstanding in his last three, four games, I'd say. Um, Wolfie, against Vancouver, has given up this season. I'm going to say maybe four goals, five goals tops against Vancouver this year. 
So Wolfie is going to that I think that's the Giants' biggest issue tonight will be how do they get past Dustin Wolf? And really no one else has. Dustin Wolf is the best goalie in junior hockey. There is no doubt about it. And I might just be saying that because I'm a biased Everett fan, but I I believe that Dustin Wolf is the best goalie in junior hockey. Um, which is saying something because he didn't start for Team USA at the World Junior. Spencer Knight did. But Knight was the start of the year before, so Knight already kind of had the hierarchy over Wolf. If Wolf comes back for another year of WHL hockey, which I doubt he does, maybe. He's a Calgary Flames prospect, so depending on how Calgary's goalie situation goes next year... He could be back, but I doubt it. Uh, Wolf is the best goalie in the CHL, without a doubt. Best goalie in junior hockey. He will make the Giants' life miserable tonight. Um, that being said, though, David Tendek, assuming he's going to get the start, he usually does. He can make the Silver Tips' life that much, you know, that much more difficult as well. Uh, Tendek is probably the best goalie the Giant or the Silvertips have faced recently. They played um, Taylor Goche yesterday. Goche is going to be a draft prospect this year. Who I, I like. I think Goche has some some strengths. There are some weaknesses. I don't know that Goche will be an NHL guy, but he's a good he's a good draft. Pro, you know, take a flyer on him in later rounds and see what happens with him. Uh, before that, it was Brock Gould for the Moose Jaw Warriors, who ever played on Wednesday. Gould is a good goal. I like Gould, but man, he gave up so many rebounds, gave Everett so many second chance opportunities, and Gould's defense was just brutal. Um, and before that, they played Joel, Joel Holfer last week against Portland. So I guess, yeah, Holfer would be, uh, the best goalie ever, last good goalie ever faced. Um... But ten no Tendek is a really solid guy. Uh, my key interest tonight is seeing how interested the Giants are. Like what are, what are the team chemistry? What are the team vibes like as they make the stretch to the playoffs? Because the three or four times I've seen them this year, they have been uninterested. Like they they there's been a sort of a lack of chemistry, a, a sort of divide. By, between Byram and the rest of the team. I don't know if we'll expect that tonight. Who knows? Uh, Coach Michael Dick has been very, how do I say, um, helpful. And he, he's been trying to, um, oh, what's the word? I can't remember what the, I, I'm trying to think of the right word for it. But he's been very sort of letting Byram be himself. And, He's because he knows Byram is their best player. Bowen Byram is easily the best player in the Vancouver Giants. It's just he needs Byram in the right mindset to really succeed, to really have a chance. If they're if the if the Giants have any chance of getting back to the WHL championship, they need Bowen Byram in the right headspace. Now that's going to be a I don't know a difficult thing. I, I I can't. I don't know how much the relationship between Byram and the Giants has either improved or worsened or done nothing. But it, it, it there's not a lot of time. There's a month left, less than a month between. Well, about a month 
between now and the playoffs. Y- you, right at this point, you know who you are. You know what your team is like. You know what your strengths are. You know what your weaknesses are. And Vancouver cannot lose or cannot have Byram be one of their weaknesses. That is going to be a key to their success. If they if Vancouver wants to get past Victoria and Kamloops, they can't have Byram being a weakness and just being dead weight. I know he's a talented player. I, I get that. Bowen Bo Byram, again, is still one of the you know top five talented players in the WHL. He just needs to get in the right headspace, and he just needs to put some of that ego aside and just compete, go out there and compete and show everyone why he's the best. Also going on tonight, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder. I talked about that yesterday in SYP today. Uh, in case you missed that, I just said I would put my money on Tyson Fury. I think he is the better overall fighter than Wilder. Fury is the more complete guy. If Fury wants to win this fight, Fury has to make Wilder go 12 rounds. He can't compete with him punch for punch, blow for blow. That favors Wilder, and then Wilder is going to win the fight. Uh, Also tonight, Dan Hooker, Paul Felder, UFC fight night in Auckland. I like Dan Hooker to win that fight, but we'll see how that goes. That is going to be a fight that sets up for future fights with, you know, Hooker or Felder potentially going up against any one of the combination of Cowboy or Gaethje or somebody else. Um, Also tonight... We have a big NBA game, Philadelphia-Milwaukee. Actually, another, two, a couple big NBA games. Philadelphia-Milwaukee in, in Milwaukee, and then Utah and Houston in Salt Lake City. Two kind of important, but all those teams are going to make the playoffs. Uh, I would say they're two important games for these reasons. In Philadelphia, Milwaukee, we know Milwaukee is probably going to be the number one seed, barring some major collapse. Philadelphia has really been underperforming, and this is really the season where Philly's lack of understanding of who they are is really hurting them and really impacting them. The 76ers don't know on a consistent basis who to run their offense through, um, who to give the ball to. Like, Embiid the other night when they were playing Brooklyn had, I think, a career night. Like, I think he had 39 points. The problem is that, you know, Embiid gets 39 Wednesday night or whatever night it was, and now he's going to suck for the next two games. Like, Embiid is going to struggle tonight against Giannis, assuming that's the matchup. I don't know that it is. Maybe they put one of the Lopez brothers on him, but... Regardless, Embiid is not going to have a good night tonight uh, in Milwaukee on the road, primetime game. He, Embiid is not, I don't think he's clutch. I, I just don't think he is the guy to run your team, run your offense around. Ben Simmons, I've started to like a bit more, but Ben Simmons has this unique skill set that Brett Brown, not Bruce Brown, who Rav and I joke about, that Brett Brown doesn't seem to know how to use it or how to maximize Simmons's potential. Um, this is, Philly doesn't know who they are. 
I, I'll just, like that's already know we know that that's clear. They I don't think they seem to have an identity, and on pure talent alone, they are a top five team in the East. But this team should be so much better if they just knew who they were. If they like, because they have Tobias Harris, Al Horford, um, Josh Richardson. Like they have a whole whack of talent on this team, but their lack of identity is dragging them behind even more. I don't know who Philly is going to play in the playoffs. I don't know if it's going to be Indiana or Miami. Both of those, I think, are good matchups for them. But I, I just don't know what the identity of this team is, and I don't know that they do. Uh, they're going to struggle against Milwaukee tonight. I wouldn't be surprised if they lost by 20. Giannis is having another MVP-type season. The Bucks are regular season good. I don't know if they're playoff good. But we'll have to see here how they go down the stretch. And now I'm back on the move again. Hold on a second. Okay, I'm back. Um, yeah, sorry. So just had to move again in a border lineup. Uh, it said it was a good 40-minute wait here at Peace Arch. It's almost 20 minutes in, and I'd say at least another 30 from getting to the border, but we'll see. Um, really fun. It's like waiting for the ferries. It's just fucking awesome. Uh, like I was, what are I saying? Um, yeah, Philadelphia doesn't know their identity. Milwaukee, we really good regular season team. I don't know how it's going to work in the postseason. I'd almost like Toronto more than Milwaukee in the postseason because I think they're better as a team and they've had the playoff experience. We'll see how that goes when the time comes. Uh, second game that I want to talk about tonight, Utah and Houston. The Jazz are good, question mark. This is just, it feels like the same Jazz team as before, which is good, but it's not going to be good enough. It's not elite. It's a good team. It's not an elite team. Um, I know people are going to talk about Utah not having, you know, that wing defender to stop Kawhi or LeBron, but I don't think there is a wing defender that can stop either of those guys. So I can't really fault Utah too much. The Mike Conley situation is kind of weird. I don't think that Conley has been great I think he can improve question mark um you know I I think this is really Donovan Mitchell's team this is Spider's team uh he he's probably gonna just I, I think probably the best chance for Utah to succeed is just running Spider and Gobert pick and rolls um, I know that probably wasn't what Conley wanted when he, or at least thought when he came over, but Conley has not done enough with the ball, and I know he's not an off-ball type guy either, but it just seems like the just the, the best thing Utah can do is put the ball in your best player's hands, and that is giving the ball to Mitchell, giving the ball... The Ingles, uh, you know, Jordan Clarkson every while can get every once in a while can get a touch, but Conley just ha- it hasn't worked out. It has not gone as well as it probably should have. But yeah, if I if I'm Quinn Snyder, Jazz head coach, I'm just running Gobert Mitchell pick and rolls for most of the game, and that's how my offense runs. Um, Houston. Small ball lineup actually looks like it's been working. I, I think their lineup has been 
you know, what Houston is, if that makes sense. Their lineup is what Houston is, and that's just, you know, small ball, shoot a bunch of threes, get get to the foul line. Um, I, I don't know that any team, if they're playing the Rockets, is going to actually, um, you know, just put it in the paint all night and just do that. I, I don't think any team... In today's NBA, I don't think teams... More teams are shooting threes than ever, and that's how teams are set up now. Teams are not set up to just go in the paint and just play that, you know, gritty 90s, 2000s interior type game. That's just not where it is. So, when you play Houston, are like are the Lakers going to just play an interior game? No. They they have shooters. They have LeBron. They're going to shoot a lot of either mid-range twos or threes. That's just what LA is going to do. Are the Clippers going to go inside? No. They don't have a, you know, a guy big enough. So, I don't know who I mean, I guess Gobert, but Gobert even his offensive stats don't suggest that you should just be feeding him the ball inside all the time either so I don't know I don't know what the I don't know what the way to go against Houston would be it, it it's literally just beating Houston at their own game and just shooting 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 making threes that that's what teams are going to do because I don't think any team has the confidence or the you know scheme to just play an interior post game all day all game um the Rockets are not going to the Western Conference Finals. They well, Their system just does not work for the postseason. It does not work for the playoffs. It does not, it, it's, you know, just a regular season type offense. That being said, though, I like... I, I, I don't know if I should say like. I respect Westbrook for not shooting as much. Because when I was looking in November trying to do an NBA preview that I didn't get out... Westbrook was the only player in the NBA with top five. It was top five in shot attempts and just, you know, taking a shot, whether it was a two or three field goal attempts, I guess is what they called. And he was the only guy with top five field goal attempts and bottom five in field goal percentage. Now, I think his percentage is still the same. He's just not shooting as much. And that's what the math says. That like Houston is a very analytical numbers based team. If that's what the numbers are showing, then you don't get Westbrook shooting. The the move to send Capella away made sense to me. Uh, Covington, I think, has been a really good fit. When I was what in the first game after the trade with the Lakers, Covington like just he just fucking took you know. Massive heat checks. He's just like, you guys traded me to shoot threes, so I'm going to shoot threes. And he was shooting threes, and he was making them. So, I, I, I just don't see this, like, you know, they're not very, ex- I, I, kind, I find them kind of boring. They're not totally exciting to watch, but it works in a regular season to get wins. They are probably going to finish in the fourth seed, I think Denver is. Utah's probably going to finish in the fifth seed, so they're going to get a third straight playoff matchup. And then Houston's going to beat them in five. And that's that. But I don't see both. I don't see Houston or Utah uh, 
competing with the likes of the Lakers or the Clippers within the NBA elite. Speaking of elite, NHL hockey tonight. The Boston Bruins are in Vancouver for a rematch of the 2011 Stanley Cup Finals. Uh, The Bruins are 20 points better than the Canucks. The Canucks play in the shitty Pacific Division with like five teams within four points of one another. The, The Canucks should lose tonight to Boston. Boston's a really good team. They're really fun to watch. Really exciting. Um, the Canucks, I, I just, I, I, I think they could possibly get to the Stanley Cup Finals. I just don't know how to process the Pacific Division. I, I, I think Vegas is good. Um, I think, I, I think if you're Vancouver... Your matchup, I think you're. A, I think your best matchup is against Edmonton. I think question mark. Vancouver will not have the physicality in the postseason. Vancouver wasn't. It won't. They just don't. They don't. They're a finesse team. They're a skilled team. If, if Vancouver plays Calgary, Calgary will win that series because Calgary is just the playoff hockey is different than regular season hockey. It gets more physical. It gets more intense. It, it becomes, you know, more desperate. I, I like Calgary in that situation because they are they are the more physical, beat-you-up type team. Like, Matthew Kachuk, I am rooting for Matthew Kachuk to just shit on the Canucks all... Like, that is my dream right now, of Matthew Kachuk just shitting on the Canucks and just beating up Pedersen, beating up Bezer to full... Like, I, I am so excited to see that happen. Vancouver's best matchup, I think, is Edmonton. Um... I don't know what the season series is between those two teams, but I I think Vancouver, I think Edmonton is probably the weakest. Maybe Arizona, but they have they have the potential to be elite. Edmonton has Drysaitel and McDavid, and if you can find a way to slow down those guys, then I think you're okay. Um, Vegas is pro. I think Vegas is maybe the best team in the Pacific, even though they fire their coach. Which is weird. I don't want to get. I don't understand it. I don't get it. But I think Vegas is the best team. Then probably Edmonton. Uh, Edmonton and Arizona are probably tied, and then Vancouver and Calgary in terms of how I would rank the best teams. But I just think from a style matchup, from a style point of view, Vancouver should not want Calgary in the first round. Like that is going to be a slugfest. And even if Vancouver, say, beats Calgary, it's like a few years ago, it's going to be a slugfest. Teams are going to beat each other up. And whoever wins in six or seven games is just going to be exhausted after that series and probably will lose in the next round. Uh, tonight's game is a, is, a good, is a good litmus test for... I think that's right, litmus. I, I was never that good in science. I think tonight's a good litmus test for um, the Canucks to see how well... Because obviously, the problem with Vancouver is they have injuries. Bezer's out. Uh, Ferland's done for the rest of the year. I think Bezer is out until the playoffs. I could be wrong. Somebody might have to correct me on that. Bezer should be out until the playoffs. Um, but this is a good. It's a good test to see how... Because this is a team that you're probably going to see in the playoffs, the Canucks. You're going to have, you know, Hor- Besser's going to fit in there somewhere, but same sort of D guys, you know, 
mostly the same forwards. Besser will find a spot in there somewhere if he comes back. But, you know, now you get to, to fully integrated into the team. Uh, you know, Bo Horvat's been playing some good hockey. Uh, Petey's been playing some good hockey. Jay Beagle, I think, is going to be an, another key figure in this run for Vancouver because Beagle is really their only physical guy. Like, they traded Schaller to L.A., which, you know, I, I actually like the trade for Toffoli. I like Tyler Madden. I think he's a good prospect, a second-round pick, you know, and Schaller. And I think they get another pick. L.A. gets another pick, too. I like the deal for Vancouver, and that's what I was saying that Vancouver should have been doing before. It's just going for it. I was, that's why I was confused with the Pud Colson pick because if you're waiting two years on him, I th- then you're not contending right now. But now with it to, to fully trade, it's like all right, we're gonna go for it. We're gonna you know we're gonna make it happen. So I like the to fully trade. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I don't know if to fully will resign with the Canucks or not. He, from what I gathered, really liked L.A. He loved playing for the Kings. There's something, there's something about L.A. that's just L.A. is not Vancouver. It, it's you, you, you can you know, unless the Kings are really doing well. But even then, you're not gonna get spotted in L.A. Like you're gonna be down at the beach just chilling on a Sunday, and no one's gonna bother you, and no one knows who you are. But you play for the L.A. Kings. Vancouver, it's not like that. Vancouver and the Canadian markets are just not like that. I don't know if Toffoli will like playing in Vancouver. He's going to find it, you know, different than playing in L.A., that's for sure. But I think it was the right move for Benning. I think it was the right right move for the Canucks, and I think it was something they kind of had to do. Uh, We'll do a full sort of trade deadline breakdown afterwards on Monday, but... This is a this was a good move for Vancouver, and even if he even if they don't sign to fully, I think it's a, I think it's a good move. I think it's a good trade. Do I think Vancouver will resign them? No, probably not. They, there's just not enough money for everybody, and they have to resign PD and Besser here pretty soon, or Horvat. I think they got they got to resign some of the young guys here pretty soon. I should say. I think they resigned Besser this year and then Horvat soon. Um, and Quinn Hughes, I should say Quinn Hughes. But tonight will be a good test for the Canucks to see how their team tonight can compete against arguably the best team in the NHL, the Boston Bruins. Probably the Bruins. Um, it'll be good. It's a good test. Saturday night, hockey night in Canada at home against the Bruins. That should be fun. Uh, the bandwagon is on for Vancouver. I'm sure ticket prices are just going through the roof and. You know, people actually in Vancouver, you know, starting to believe in this team, which is good. Um, it's good to believe in something, uh, even though they're not going to win a cup. So that's sort of the NHL portion of this. We got the NBA portion out of it. We got the dub portion of this. The final thing I would like to discuss here is we're going to discuss a little bit about the XFL. Uh, the XFL games are on right now. This is the 12:30. Seattle Dragons will play in about a couple hours, so I won't talk about their game because by the time this is actually published, it will be irrelevant. Uh, tomorrow's games, we have the New York Guardians taking on the St. Louis Battlehawks in the St. Louis's first home game of the season. 
about 30,000 people are expected for that. That should be really fun. Uh, Battle Hawks should beat the Guardians pretty easily. New York, I think it's going through some locker room chemistry issues that is holding them back. Matt McGoin is clearly not the answer at quarterback for the team. Uh, for the Battle Hawks, Jordan Tiamu might be the most underrated quarterback and probably the best quarterback nobody's talking about in the XFL. Sure, you can make a joke that no one is talking about the XFL, but there are people who are talking about it. And since Speak Your Peace is the official Canadian media outlet for the XFL, we have to talk about this. Um, I really like the Battle Hawks. St. Louis should be playing D.C. in the East Finals. I think that's pretty clear. Uh, Tamu has you know, been an excellent quarterback for St. Louis. Really fun to watch. Really exciting. Um, then the second game tomorrow... Game of the week. Game of the week. Uh, D.C. Defenders in L.A. to take on the Wildcats. D.C. probably the most complete team, I would say. Uh, they have a really good quarterback in Cardell Jones. They have a you know solid overall defense. They are the defenders. Ha-ha. Um, and the L.A. Wildcats are a team... They are... They're definitely entertaining, the LA Wildcats. There is a lot to there is a lot there. I think the team is talented. They are 0-2. I think they are better than their record suggests, but you know, when you're 0-2, you're 0-2. You gotta climb out of that hole. Uh if I had to I, I if I had to pick a winner in that game, I like DC. I think LA will make it close though. I think the spread's eight and a half. I think it's gonna be closer than eight and a half. Um D, this is going to be, you know, a game where DC, I think, just plays a complete game. Really good offense, really good defense, and LA just fights tooth and nail, and they get close, but not close enough. So that's sort of your XFL talk on today's Speak Your Peace today. Just a reminder, we're going to be going to our first XFL game March 15th. Oh, and I think we're going again. Yeah, we're going. Hold on. Hold on. I think this is working. Okay. Hopefully this is working. Hopefully you're hearing all this. Uh, yeah, that's Speak Your Peace today. Uh, XFL, our first game is March 15th. The New York Guardians take on the, er, to the LA Wildcats. I think it's the LA Wildcats and the Seattle Dragons take take action at Central Lake Field. Thank you very much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. We'll have another SYP today out tomorrow. Be sure to tune in and listen. Thank you very much for all your love and support. It's greatly appreciated. Have a great rest of your day.